Welcome, y'all. This is the Arcology Lone Star Actual Play Podcast. I'm Vox. We present you with episode zero. This episode's available to everyone. Future episodes in this campaign are available only to our patrons. This is a character and campaign creation session. You'll hear some familiar voices and some new ones. We hope you'll enjoy this take on co-creation of a campaign. And this episode stands alone in that regard, but we hope you'll become a patron and come along for the ride. To get started here, now that we have everyone here, this is going to be a Lone Star campaign set in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We'll be starting in October 2074. And you are all employees of Lone Star, as in cops. Bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, you all uh, are Lone Star police. You have been Lone Star police for some time. It's up to you for how long. It could be uh, a few months or years. And in this campaign, you'll be brought together to form a task force to perform a particular difficult mission. Sweet. So, as far as the mission goes, um, I'm still working on a few ideas. I've got one in particular in mind, but I uh, can come up with other ones if we want. In the group, there will have to be someone who is uh, the leader, who will actually be in command. One, two, three, not it. Not it! <laughs> so who has the lowest edge? I know, yeah. <laughs> two? Right now. I can certainly adjust that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously, does anybody want to be the leader? No, not me. My, my character is definitely set up to not be a combat specialist. Um, I kind of looked at his design as an inspector or, or truly a detective, somebody who's not getting their fingers dirty all that often. And while it's not a normally a role that I take as a player, it is certainly something that I can give it the old college try. I nominate Alex. <laughs> Seconded. I am by no means saying that uh, I'm sticking my neck out first. <laughs> hey, we got a motion and a second on a question. Okay, I got a <laughs> See question. See none. All in favor? What are all oh, the I... characters? We yeah, that would have been my question. What do we got so far? Yeah, good I point. Was... Yeah, d d despite what I had originally said, everyone, I'm pretty sure everyone actually went ahead and made characters. So. <laughs> no, mine's kind of got loose scratch. Yeah. Very loose. I've been, Very I've loose, been playing yeah. with Chummer Gen pretty much all day and all <laughs> last week. Me too. Uh, so what have we got? The Tiny, you've got your... Um, well, I guess why don't you just give a rundown of your character idea. Yeah, so his concept is truly utility. So he's kind of the mind mage interrogation specialist that is focusing on that stuff. So your mind probe, your detect life, your analyze truth, and then also looking at... Um, being legwork heavy, so lots of contacts and lots of knowledge skills tied around the whole police investigation genre, so crime scene investigation techniques, that kind of stuff, you know, your parazoology, your psychology profiling. So not really going to be point a gun and shoot. Okay, and then uh, Hayes, what about you? I was looking at a, a ghost whisperer type, uh, you know, skilled in psychometry, you know, picking up objects and seeing what's uh, what's happened in the past and uh, investigating more in the, the astral sense, that sort of thing. Um, and, uh, you know, specializing in spirits of man with the uh, kind of the conceit that they are the uh, the restless ghosts of the dead. All right. Then uh, Kit or Vox or 
whatever your name is. Whatever the hell I'm called. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I've probably made about 20 or 30 characters, but um, I think it's all kind of meshed together to a sniper slash demolitions expert. Um, knowledge skills in the area in Dallas-Fort Worth and um, a little bit in a lot of different languages as well as some engineering. So a lot of um, like physical security type of stuff. Stealthy um, and adept. All right. And uh, Rob? Judging based on what we saw uh, from the forums, I decided to kind of go just kind of almost a standard beat cop-ish kind of thing. Because it seemed like everyone was kind of specializing. Um, kind of geared more towards a bit more of a muscle aspect. I designed him with more of a door kicker in mind. You know, the guy who does get physical, who goes hands-on, who tries to intimidate. You know, he's basic um, meathead kind of person. Um, as far as abilities and everything, he's real good with weapons of most type, although uh, Box with her uh, sniping ability would probably complement me very well if we ever have to do like the tactical stuff. Um, he can take a hit, kind of keep on coming, and basic cyber cop is kind of what I went for. Uh, kind of heavy on the augmentation without going too insane. Alright, Nick, uh, did you have a character in mind? Well, I uh, had several concepts. Um, since uh, Alex and Hayes already went uh, with uh, Awakened and Astral and those kind of things, um, I'm thinking more. Um, one would be a um, uh, cybered up tank with a lot of uh, cyber limbs. Uh, the other one would be really uh, a company man, former undercover guy uh, with um, um, connections to the criminal underworld uh, from that, and uh, really more of a kind of an intimidation and con uh, face character. Um, those are the two I'm thinking around now, and I think uh, someone else was going to do a rigor, so I was just not going to bother with that right now. All right, and then uh, Ken? Hey there. <laughs> I was thinking either an adept, like a physical adept, but then we didn't have a rigor, so if nobody wanted to play a rigor, I also started playing around with a rigor. My uh, basic idea so far was you know, a standard rigor with a couple data jacks, reaction enhancers, skill jack, and a cerebral booster, and he would have like uh, some decent knowledge skills, you know, like a chemistry, engineering, that kind of thing. And he's a twin. Yeah, we'd already kind of come up with that earlier. So. <laughs> Ken's character Ooh, and my like character that. are twins. Yeah. That's cool. Well, that's actually from what we've got so far, the makeup, uh, depending on what Nick decides to go, we've actually got a fairly well-rounded uh, police unit. I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with having more than one investigative type. So that's going to be kind of our bread and butter for a while. We've got at least two tactical types. And the rigor idea would be really good because, well, we need transportation with secondary surveillance. So, I mean, we're pretty well-rounded at this point. Was anybody going to be a, a decker of any kind? I mean, with a high enough logic, the two of us could probably at some point maybe get a loner deck from the office and do some of that kind of stuff. But I, I hadn't initially intended on it. Come on, doesn't the Lone Star uh, network protect us? <laughs> uh, no. It's uncrackable. That'd be awesome. At least that's what the brainwashing says. And well, aren't we all subjects of the brainwashing? Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> oh no, I'm just uh, for last year. I've actually been playing uh, Technomancer, and, uh, and I don't want to do any Matrix stuff with this character, so I'm not volunteering. Yeah, no Matrix stuff here. I, I, it's probably the least 
favorite part of the game of flying. I, I, I have no problem with it. I just don't like wrapping my head around and trying to deal with it. Keep it simple. I, I played the kid for the uh, actual play, a Technomancer, and I was kind of really enjoying it, but I want to see somebody else do it to see if I'm doing it right. Because <laughs> I saw a bunch of people doing it at Gen Con, and they were all doing things differently than the way I did things, and I thought I was damn pretty true to the book. I heard a lot of very liberal interpretations of uh, some of the powers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Another reason why I try not to mess with it. Yeah, I'm running a Decker in another campaign, so I'd rather not be running uh, two Deckers at the same time. Well, here's the thing. I was going to say, yeah, I don't really think the Decker role is anywhere near as important in this setting than it would be, say, with uh, criminals and Shadowrunners. Yeah, That's I was going to say something similar. Yeah, if anytime we get something like a, a big cyber crime, you know, given how big and vast the matrix is, that's probably going to be a whole other division of Lone Star. So, and it's is that what the absolutely. Grid Overwatch division is for? Partially, yeah, but you're thinking more local matrix crimes. They're more for watching the matrix. Any actual investigation, uh, cyber crimes will be part of uh, Lone Star's mandate, and they would probably have like a dedicated unit of specialists. It'd probably most likely be loaned out on a case-by-case basis. Depending. That makes sense. Sweet. So we can get a loaner decker as long as we check him back in in a similar condition as we check him out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I figure we just round one up off the street, make him our snitch, and then, you know, use him to our advantage. Do that, too. Like, hey, you won't have that criminal sin if you keep doing jobs for me. Just one more job. One more job. Did I say one more job? I meant three. Yeah, one after another. That wasn't the one more job I was referring to. This one is <laughs> possibly, maybe. Well, technically, this job is in three parts. <laughs> so that I think, uh, as far as, as defense goes, um, you all have wow, and we'll have uh, comlinks. I think I put comlinks in the standard yeah. issue sheet. Yeah, yeah, you did. That in someone, six. That and someone on the team will be provided with the level two personal integrated tactical network. Sweet. I copied the character gen stuff from the forum into the uh, shared doc. If there's anything that I missed, feel free to toss it in there as well. Cool. I've got a question for you, Cliff. Yeah. The Ruger Thunderbolt 2, what kind of weapon is that? That's a heavy pistol. For some reason, it's not in uh, Chummer. uh, Nope. I made it up, sort of. Oh, awesome sauce. Well, it was made up in a previous edition, and I adapted it. Lovely. Are you, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell anybody. So the, the big thing I changed with it is that the original Ruga Thunderbolt was burst fire capable only. There was no semi-auto mode. Yeah, that was kind of a pain. So this one in particular, uh, well, you know, I figure enough cops bitched about not being able to do uh, semi-auto, so they built that in. Yeah, we all know that police officers never complain. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so, hey, I've got a question for you guys. Since we're kind of our brainstorming our, our session stuff and knowing kind of what archetype I'm leaning towards, do we see ourselves ever needing to decrease attribute willpower in an interrogation situation? Do we ever? Do we think that that will ever be useful? Yeah. If yeah. you're trying to interrogate somebody that's got a high willpower, yeah. Anybody planning on having a good intimidation skill? Not really, well, no. Yeah, Not that me. kind of falls under this guy's... This guy's MO as well. I mean, he's kind of taken the, both the, the physical and the awakened path towards doing that kind of interrogation stuff. But when we were talking before we started recording, um, Hayes had mentioned gamma scopoling, lo- l- lowering willpower. 
You know that wound penalties apply to uh, intimidation imposed rolls. <laughs> ha! Ooh. Nice! I, I okay. The agony spell. That, they might ask, actually add additional uh, circumstantial situational modifiers. Um, so what would the six-world equivalent of a phone book? Well, the, uh, the uh, missions fact has rules for hitting somebody with the Shadowrun book. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I did not pick up on that. The collector edition or the, uh, the kind that went out to everybody Both. else? No, not the collector's edition. How much those cost? <laughs> I but believe I think you it get has a point of armor piercing, don't you? Something like that? Yeah, not armor piercing with a club, but I think the collector's edition does a little more damage. Yeah, so again, just to kind of go down the character creation stuff, uh, and I'm pretty sure you guys all saw it. Everybody gets free ranks and a certain amount of skills. There's first aid, perception, gymnastics, running, unarmed clubs, pistols, and piloted ground vehicles. Essentially, you could either put all those skills at one, or you could consider that you get eight bonus active skill points, but you have to put at least one into each of these. And then for uh, knowledge skills, uh, small unit tactics and police procedures, you get a, a rank in those. And then everyone also got the Lone Star Tactical Martial Arts style, which also includes one technique for free. For gear, there's no availability cap on any gear that is not forbidden. Otherwise, it's 12. Qualities, uh, you're all essentially sinners with a national sin, 15% tax rate, without getting karma for having it. Um, so you're not allowed to take any other sin-related qualities. And the only quality I could think of to restrict would be combat paralysis, because you wouldn't have made it this far in Lone Star with that. <laughs> Hey, that that had a question that I didn't post to the forums, but I thought since we're since we're looking at kind of you know what we get as Lone Star officers, since we're not shadowrunning and stealing our pay, how does that look like from mission to mission as far as money money award goes? I mean, like the force isn't getting paid you know ten grand a week. Um, didn't know if we had put any thought into that of like what that looks like for our characters for over the course of our campaign to development. Now, here in the great state of Texas, part of the CAS, you do get, you are eligible for the bounty rewards for all of those dead and alive posters. Sweet! Okay. <laughs> I think they asked and answered. <laughs> I love the South. So, that's a good idea. Um, I was kind of thinking as far as, like, your actual pay goes, just to not worry about it so much, and you guys... You guys, you know, have make enough money to maintain a decent lifestyle, and um, you know, go out for drinks and, and go out to eat, and uh, you have health insurance and all that stuff. But then, as far as gear goes, um, if you want anything that's outside of what you would normally be allowed to get, you might want to work on some alternate revenue streams. <laughs> uh, well, what if I want to do stuff for the job that's just really expensive? I mean, if I want to, if I want to bind a bunch of spirits for use on the job, honest, can I get a bunch of reagents? Yeah, I, I think uh, the other thing I was working on is you guys would be provided a budget per mission. Uh, you would have to submit form two thirty five dash p under paragraph four twenty five, and you'd have to get that signed certificate <laughs> by your watch commander. Yep. Anyway, I think we just need a paperwork knowledge skill. Can I uh, use that uh, to uh, assist negotiations to increase our budget? I think that might be what we might need a decker for. <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, forgery became really important for us. <laughs> well, I'll be the paper well, pusher of the group. We'll say it falls within the knowledge skill police procedures. Ah. Specializing in red tape. <laughs> so yeah, that requisition form for all those reagents, you're going to want forgery. 
or if you just happen to, or if you just, we just happen to bust a whiz gang and, you know, a couple of them never actually make it into evidence. <laughs> yeah, we could always just go shake down the, uh, the shadow run element for our, our needs. Lone Star ever do that? That's sort of like what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, hey. I think we just, we just answered the question which way we're going to lean towards strike team or untouchables. <laughs> Cliff? I'm here. Seems how I'm going to be a rigger for the star. Don't you think the star would have me issued a Lone Star RCC? It's a brand name. Oh, sure. Yeah, but, um, baby. For game purposes, of course, for your character creation, um, that's going to come out of your character creation resources. So did you come from a really well-to-do division of Lone Star, or did you come from like the backwater version of Lone Star's local divisions? Apparently I came from a podunk out in the South 40, and I just got transferred to beautiful, thriving metropolis of Dallas-Fort Worth. Okay, so I've got a few drones. I've got an RCC, but none of my drones have any weapons because I don't have any money for it. And I've got 590 new yen left. Sure, we could probably find a way to uh, requisition certain gear, stuff like that. No, the legal way. I figure as soon as we find some uh, unsavory types and we deal with them, we'll have to confiscate their weapons. And, well, lo and behold, we could put it right there on that drone. Way to do it. Yeah, it's the uh, seizure rules. Uh, If the weapons were used in a crime, we can definitely seize them, right? Along with the uh, real estate and uh, other property? Yeah, there's that. I mean, sure, some of it's going to be auctioned off to, you know, pay for whatever, but uh, I'm sure some of it will be funneled back into uh, day-to-day operations. Yeah, but again, as far as gear goes, the stuff that you guys get for free, so to speak, is a Ruger Thunderbolt 2, which is essentially a Ruger Thunderbolt that um, can fire semi-auto as well as burst fire. And uh, Defiance EX Shocker, which is a taser, stun baton, armor vest, armor jacket, helmet, comlink rating 6 with an integrated sensor... Uh, with two integrated sensors of a cyborg and mad scanner, microtransceiver, goggles rating six with a uh, image link, smart link, flare comp, low light, thermo, and vision mag, two sets of plastic restraints, ten sets of plastic restraints, flashlight, biomonitor, ret- rating three med kit, and a trauma patch. Woohoo! And a badge. Do and we have badge. anybody that's, uh, that's, will be able to fill at least partially any kind of medic role? My med kit can do that. I've got a rating three med kit and a rating one skill. I got a. We all get first aid one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And when we call for the medic, they show up. Good yeah. Point. Yeah. If we call for uh, officer down, I would think not just the medics will show up, but probably a whole other f ton of cops in the area. So that's the other benefit we've got. All right. So now, now you've got a little bit of this stuff uh, kind of figured out as far as your characters goes. Uh, for the task force, the um, kind of initial purpose that I had in mind. Uh, had to do with uh, gang-related. So, getting into a little bit of the situation in Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, they've been sort of connected as one metro, as in one metroplex area. One thing to know about the the area is that there was actually open warfare between uh, the CS and AS technology, or as land, same thing. And a good chunk of southwestern Texas is actually Austin now as land. Austin forever. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, you Azzy sympathizer. All right, so Dallas itself. You know, like the downtown Dallas area is actually there's a lot of, of government stuff there. Uh, well, Dal- the, the actual capital of Texas was moved to Dallas to make it a little bit farther away from the whole Asitlan CS border. But the actual like security rating of Dallas goes from B through D. The southern side of Dal- Dallas proper is pretty run down. 
the uh, the nastiest part of town is kind of in between Dallas and Fort Worth, kind of in the middle of the Metroplex area, and that's Arlington. There's the Seven Flags Over Texas area, which is still pretty nice. But other than that, it's uh, pretty much a nasty urban wasteland area where a lot of refugees from the war with the Azis moved into. Refugees that, that were definitely have-nots. So that area is pretty much, it's rating Z. So it's an area that you guys don't really patrol. Sometimes you drive through in force, but for the most part, there's the freeway that drives around it or through it, and uh, you guys pretty much leave it leave it to itself. It's largely it's largely controlled and maintained by uh, gangs, which are almost like warlord states, small warlord states within that area. So there is definitely a lot of gang presence and gang violence, kind of surrounding Arlington and within Arlington. And it's a hellhole part of town. There's also Parker, which is farther north, I think. Let's bring it up in Google Maps. Okay, northeast, so opposite side. And, and that's a pretty nasty part of town, too. That'd be interesting. Now, so there's a lot of uh, entertainment industry in the area, in the Metroplex, uh, as far as uh, Simpsons and Tridio and, uh, you know, like film production kind of stuff. Um, so there's, there's a fair amount of that. There's, there's a lot of uh, higher-ups in the entertainment industry who live in the area. And there's a number of different studios. Major corporations. Ares is real big, primarily with their uh, manufacturing. Uh, as technology, um, well, they don't really officially exist there, but there's a few of their sort of subsidiaries of subsidiaries of, subs- of subsidiaries. Stuffer uh, Shack. Yeah. Evo. Um, well, basically, Dock Wagon isn't so big around here, but Crash Cart is uh, kind of the main uh, medical company contractor. And uh, they're a subsidiary of Evo. Horizon is pretty big in entertainment industry. Um, Mitsuhama Computer Technologies, Neonet, and Raku has an arcology they're building in the area. Not another one. Yep. Uh, Sada Crook. Are they going uh, with the uh, pyramid style, or have they switched it out? Uh, probably pyramid style still. Uh, Wuxing does a lot of shipping. Um, Shiawase is around... They actually uh, provide most of the private security in the area. Uh, Desert Storm security. So you guys probably uh, run into those guys from time to time. And they're also involved in uh, the Simpsons uh, production. Let's see, as far as organized crime goes, it's primarily Mafia and Yakuza. But like I said, there's lots and lots of gang activity here. So Would you say that the organized crime is are, are really more of the major players and the gangs are more local to their particular suburbs? Well, it, it's kind of hard to draw the lines sometimes. But the uh, the mafia and Yakuza... Let's see, the, the mafia itself is... Remember, it's the Dixie Mafia. Yeah, and they're, they're like... They're almost respectable as far as criminals go. They're they're very anti-Azatlan, which makes them popular to that regard. They offer a bounty for Azatlan agents, but they also do lots of uh, illegal stuff too. Uh, the Akuza is uh, a little bit different. Um, they've definitely they definitely prey on the um, Azatlan or refugees, and uh, they're kind of bloody and nasty and pretty serious. They're scary Akuza. But then as far as the gangs go, I mean, it depends on where you go. I and mean, uh, I guess, you know, the Mafia Yakuza, they do stuff all over town. But the uh, it's their power is rivaled by, you know, a number of the gangs. 
Okay. And there's definitely political entanglements, I'd imagine, along one side or another. So what I had in mind for um, for the uh, purpose of the creation of your task force was... Um, okay, one initial idea that I had was uh, having to do with uh, the gangs. There have been some... Well, there, there's always different forays and raids into the more uh, protected areas by, you know, gangers, either uh, on a uh, sort of a joyride, um, thrill attack, or, you know, stealing stuff, or a combination of, of those things. And uh, they're usually pretty fast and don't do a whole bunch of damage, uh, but scare people, and you guys, you know, fight them off from time to time. But lately it's been getting worse because they're they're showing up with some serious hardware. Uh, we're talking like big heavy weapons like big-ass machine guns and missile launchers and lots of grenades and the kind of hardware they don't normally don't normally uh, have access to. So the concept of the mission would be to essentially track down the source of this and uh, you know or make the arrest and stop it from continuing. So that was one idea. Another idea related to gangs would be, that uh, gang raids have been particularly getting nastier because somebody's because there's been a major prevalence of this uh, new drug that makes kamikaze look like uh, Red Bull. Yikes! But the similar idea of like trying to track down the the, the source of this new drug and uh, prevent it from being circulated, or at least limit it, and uh, you know, track down the source and shut it down. So those were a couple ideas I had. I guess I'm kind of leaning more toward the first one, but uh, I'm open to other ideas. Um, a couple of other possible uh, things that the task force, the task force, could focus on would be having to do with organized crime, you know, dealing with the mafia or the yakuza or you know some some aspect that maybe they're both covering. Um, either that or dealing with um, as technology in some way. You know, there's likely to be some sort of intrigue and unpleasantness happening as, as technology has agents in the area and they're trying to influence people and uh, kind of fight a shadow war still against the CAS. But the uh, the missions should be fairly specific. Not necessarily something you'd... Like a shadow run mission is something you would do in a pretty brief period of time. You know, the, the, the task force mi- missions may be uh, a lot more... Uh, may well cover a lot more um, time and uh, territory possibly taking place in multiple stages, so I guess each each mission would be kind of like a mini-campaign. Uh, what do you guys I, think? I think, actually, you could almost do a all-of-the-above kind of got, oh, It seems like, to me, you've got a lot of smaller ideas and smaller pieces. You've got the gangs who might be causing some problems, okay? We go, you know, Gang activities on the rise. It could also be some local politician is like, I'm here to, you know, rip gangs and all this other fun stuff. It could be an election year or something. But as we start delving more deeper, we, we start peeling back layers, and it starts leading back to this, that, and the other. You could take it so many different ways. You know, I mean, ultimately, it could be, you know, Group X is doing this, but they figured that to get the ball rolling, we'll, hire, we'll get the gangs going. We'll give them some of this stuff, uh, and then maybe sick them on specific targets, 
and as we as investigators, you know, investigate the gangs because, and then we find we originally go for this, but then we find out something else, which leads to this. So, I mean, in my opinion, you can almost do all of the uh, elements you just mentioned there, Cliff. Yeah, agreed. Your initial, thinking. your initial stated mission is going to be sort of specific and targeted. Yeah. So, any other input on that? Sounds good to me. Yep. Sounds rich in material. All right, so we'll, we'll go with the initial gang-related thing. Uh, do you guys want to do the guns or drugs angle? One yes. usually have the others. <laughs> I am a huge fan of Vice, so... <laughs> well, think about it. If you're bringing in a lot of drugs... So what, what are the gangs doing wrong? Because we're going to have drugs and guns. <laughs> yeah, but we're, on, we're technically legal. They're not paying their taxes to the local government. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, namely us. We're a high-tech well, tax cleverly stri- uh, strung together a uh, link of uh, bits attached to my gun. That means I get to shoot people with it. They don't. <laughs> All right, so getting into the roles here. So we've got the uh, leader is going to be forced on someone. That's I think Alex is a... Oh, Nick? Uh, oh, hey, sweet. We got a, we got a volunteer. You, you won't like it. But I'll be later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If it, well, here's the thing. If nobody really doesn't want to do the leader, you know, I'll, you know, I could do a second in command. Want? I mean, one person could technically be in charge, but you know, you need a good lieutenant. I can operate with that. I do have a leadership skill. Oh, well, you got more than I do. <laughs> yeah, I took that as well. Okay. Some of the other roles that I'd kind of jotted down that. Might be a good idea to have covered as investigator. That sounds like um, Alex and Hayes in particular have those covered. Uh, the negotiator. I, I, took I took investigation knowledge skill. All right. Negotiator. I think, Alex, you've got the most face skills, right? Yeah, I've got the influence group, so that's going to be your con negotiation etiquette. Uh, for the muscle, we've got um, well, Kit, sort of. Yeah, from a distance, undercover, maybe. The muscle of a high-caliber bullet. That's Rob. Yeah. I don't think Khan is part of influence. I think you've got leadership in there. Yeah, Khan's not. Oh, yeah, I took Khan as well. Oh, gotcha. Got a little bit of Khan. And Nick, which of your two characteristics do you were leaning towards taking? The the cyber dude or the other one? Uh, I think, uh, since we're making this gang-related... I'm going to do the the face character. I'll have a background oh, okay. undercover with the gangs. Of course, That's there's true. no, you know, that reputation that some of my relatives happen to be leaders of the Dixie Mafia <laughs> has no influence on my position <laughs> in the task force. Don't worry about that. None whatsoever. Do not look at the man behind the curtain. The they just happen to have the same name. <laughs> All right, and then the rigor-type role, um, sounds like you've got that covered, Ken. Yeah. yeah. And, the rigor can al- and the rigor can also be, as you know, with drones, as surveillance could also be doing investigation as well. So you know, there's going to be a lot of crossover in this. Because, you know, every cop knows how to do at least a little bit of investigation, even if we're just winging it. Yeah, and the, uh, the sort of decking angle is just not going to be covered by the team. Well, I think uh, the rigor with the deck and high enough attributes can actually be our first line of defense. 
Yeah, that would be uh, electronic warfare and all that jazz. I did take electronic warfare. Sweet. All right. So, um, all or most of you are currently, prior to going to the task force, partners. Who's partnered with who? Actually, if we're going to be partnered up, I'd almost do them along uh, lines of um, the two investigators uh, and then uh, Ian Fox, because we see more of a street-level beat cop kind of thing, and then maybe just have Dyer and Bushu. You know, I mean, they could just be different uh, divisions from the mix. That's my two cents. That sounds good. Yeah. All right, so Alex and Hayes, you guys are partners. Uh, Kit and Rob are partners. And Dyer and Ken. Who's that and Ken? Uh, Nick, the Dyer Radiant. Okay, so we've got that. We're just making note of that. Um, How about right. contacts? I was just getting to that. Uh, do you guys have any things in mind that you've picked for contacts? Yes, I want to know what the local Dixie Mafia family name is, because that's my name, too. I think it's whatever your name is, right? <laughs> it's uh, Chavez. Okay. Um, I'm going to be a Chavez. Okay. <laughs> okay, you got Lou Diamond Phillips over there. Nice. Yeah, the, in the wiki it says run by Don Miguel Cesar Chavez. I have no idea what time period this was written for or in, whether it's in the 2050s or... It does reference things that happened in the 60s, so... But I'll just go with that. Alright, so I guess the big contact that my character will have will be the Dixie Mafia Consiglieri. Now, they're not friendly, but, you know, they occasionally talk because they're cousins. All right. And you can always do favors for cousins. Now, conciliary, uh, if I'm remembering that, that right, that's sort of the... Um... Big advisor. Think in the movie The Godfather, uh, Robert Duvall's character in the beginning. Or the lawyer. Yeah, yeah that's, he's the lawyer, Tom Hagen. He's like the Don's butler, basically, but in a you know organized crime sense rather than household no, you know, chores. First advisor, that's pretty much what conciliary is. It's, uh, I think it's Italian for like uh, derivative consul, counselor or something like Counselor. All right, so you've got contacts with the um, contacts and connections, uh, potentially ties to the, uh, the mafia. Right, and I used to be an undercover officer with a gang, so I'll actually know some gang people personally, low-level gang members. Okay. You know, the ones that didn't quite do anything bad enough to be hauled in. Or just didn't get caught. Yeah. I'll say um, that would make sense for you to have uh, maybe gotten undercover with the the VV. They're a well-established territorial Arlington area gang. There was a time when they actually, like, there was a ring within the kind of the center of Dallas. was essentially a DMZ. And uh, it's been reclaimed, uh, you know, good couple decades, decades ago. But uh, they um, they actually moved from that area to the Arlington area when that happened. And were one of the, the gangs that actually sort of peacefully relocated, um, whereas other ones had to be and actually forcefully ejected, and it was pretty bloody. But they they sort of run they sort of run things kind of as if they're the well, not so much cops, but they're they see themselves as protectors of their area. There's all kinds of rumors of what the VV stands for, 
but nobody really remembers, or if anybody does, they don't admit to. Hey, it's just exactly cool to hold two hands out with the Vs. It says your gang sign. But yeah, their their colors are like dark green and black, and uh, they're pretty well organized. They they run things a little bit differently than some other gangs. There isn't like a one leader. They tend to run things as a council of lieutenants, and no one person is directly in charge. So they're 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 a bit more organized, a little bit less bloodthirsty, though. They are definitely known for severe brutality when their turf is when their turf is threatened. So you're um, the, the, I, I think that would make sense for you to go with them because they're they're not targeted much by Lone Star. They they tend not to do raids where they just gun people down and and stuff. But though they do they do steal stuff and you know fight other gangs and stuff. So they're they're still you know they're not like oh it's the super awesome gang that's that that uh. Protects everyone, and then they're... They seem more like the type to focus their violence on those who they feel truly deserves it, rather than wanting violence. Well, it's, yeah. it's a neighborhood gang. Protect yeah, their they, tourists. Do it. They got a pretty good chunk of the neighborhood in, uh, in kind of central Arlington. All right. Uh, so, I guess as individuals, then, I've got some uh, kind of questions to toss around. Events I'm going to force on your lives to some degree. Oh. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys have your your basic stats down at all yet? Oh yeah. Yep. 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 Kind of sorta. You know, I was waiting for this session before I really started fleshing out some of the finer points of them, so got an idea. Okay, well, oh. who's got the lowest edge? Nami. 3 2 2 5 3 4 Okay, uh, sorry, who had four. 2? That would be me. 2 Okay, here we go. <laughs> you get the first question, and therefore potentially more than one. Yeah, I've got seven of these, so you, you get stuck with two of them. So I'm going to pass these around. So so here we go. Uh, how did you get another Lone Star officer killed? It was your fault. <laughs> oh my! Whether, whether anybody knows the results of it is up to you necessarily, but... This happened. How did it happen? That was my question. <laughs> Allegedly happened. <laughs> they didn't prove anything. Witnesses never showed up to court. You, could, <laughs> you got the easy one. Union stepped in. <laughs> oh my goodness. So you want like an answer on the fly? Yeah. I'll let me consider this for a moment. You can feel free to make it fairly brief and flesh it out more later as time goes on. I'm going to say that this particular character is going to be more of a, more has been more of a traditionally a kind of, he does his own investigation thing, and so maybe he left his partner, maybe he left his partner hanging while he was off pursuing his own line of inquiry and was so consumed by that he didn't realize that the danger, there's some other more pressing danger right beneath his nose, and that, and that caused a death. He wasn't there when his partner needed it. So how do you feel gotcha. about the haze? <laughs> well, think about, uh, you know, as time goes on, think about ways to make that more immediate and connected to yourself. More, with it being even more of it your fault. Or at least that you, you would think of it that way. Because, you know, just not being there at the time is one thing, but uh, something where, you know, you, you honestly feel and believe that 
It was your course of action that actually led to this happening. I won't uh, put you on the spot for further details at the moment, but uh, there you go. So next is somebody with an edge of three, right? That's me. And me. Okay. So, Hayes, how did your first partner die? Oh, I've got a really funny option, but uh, I don't know if I want to go with that or not. I'm thinking all of us have partners that died. Sounds fair. See, the first thing that springs to mind is uh, we were on break back at the uh, the office, and uh, he was trying to get a uh, a uh, NURPS uh, caramel out of the uh, the vending machine, and it uh, got stuck. So we were rocking the machine, and uh, oops. <laughs> but that might just be too silly. I don't know. Cops take those vending machines pretty seriously. <laughs> well, well, we can go with that. Vending machine fatality. All right. They do kill, what, four people, a dozen people a year, something like that? They've got those warnings on them for a reason. I don't think the blame is on the vending machines. All right, anyway. Um, More people per year than sharks. All right, so, Kit, uh, what was the first time you killed in the line of duty? Well, I'm going to blatantly uh, steal this from a show we just got done watching recently. That's fine. Okay. There's no such thing as plagiarism in role-playing games. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Creative redistribution. <laughs> right. There was a uh, a guy who, for whatever reason, flipped out in a public place and... Uh, I never really did get the story as to how he ended up with a gun or why he ended up flipping out in a public place. Uh, but he ended up grabbing a hostage, and it was a wide-open plaza, and I was one of the folks positioned up high to take the shot. Take and, him out. Uh, yep. Order came and, down. Yeah, it it hit me a little. Just, you know, he seemed like... He could have been helped, but he escalated, so had to do it. I think I've seen that show. It was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, we just started watching it. <laughs> okay, um, that was three edge. Who has four? Yo, I do. Oh, two of you. Okay. Well, let's hear. We'll go with you, Ken. Tell me about the time you were critically wounded. You almost died. Uh, this one time at band camp. <laughs> oh God, the flute again. <laughs> No, 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 no. Okay, near, near fatal flautist accident. This is this is this is as a Lone Star person. So, oh, he's got jokes. So there was, was about, this kid at uh, band camp. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I was racing to a crime scene and I got into an accident driving my patrol car. Was this before or after you got your rig? Oh, this was before. So part of my rehabilitation was getting set with a a data jack and a cerebral booster and becoming familiar with an RCC. Yeah, so with your like major life-threatening, possibly PTSD-inducing experience of nearly dying driving a car... Why did you choose to become the rear? <laughs> because I could sit at home in my easy chair and be a driver. Okay, fair enough. 
All right, so Nick, let's see, where were we? Um, we got the critically wounded one. Here we go. Tell me about the time you accidentally shot and killed an innocent bystander. There are no innocent bystanders. Ah, yes! oh. <laughs> that's like a five-star answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's the entirety of it, right? <laughs> well, they claim they were innocent, but they can't be. Uh, the first time... Or just any time. Um, we'll go with any time. Remind the time that stands out in your That, like, deep down, like, you know, this would have been something that where it's, it's, it, it was clear to you that this person is not, uh, not, was not someone who should have been shot. Good night. <laughs> well, it sounded just like that little girl right there. <laughs> That was a little five-year-old boy. (laughs) A boy, girl, they were small. (laughs) It was a small person, what do you want? There have been so many since then, it's hard to keep them all straight. Well, well, so, you know, after the first four or five, it just, they kind of blur in here. So I can only tell you about the first few of them. And... um, you know, life is cheap. Uh, it's better they die than they'd be taken away from the camps back across the border to the Aslan. Um, and uh, you're talking about the ones that are accidental, right? Yes. Okay, well, see, really, I was shooting at that jaguar that was hauling the kid away, and I'm pretty sure the round went right through the kid and through the jaguar. Now, the kid died, and the jaguar just kept going. Yikes. All right. That's why I hate jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, who haven't I gotten yet? Yo. Ah, Rob. Okay. So, what case did you seriously frag it up? Frag up, and how? Actually, this works before uh, my bad rep quality and my uh, prejudice. Of, uh, sex offenders. See, there was this real big scumbag who praying on some young girls at this school. Well, unfortunately, I was the first one to get there. Kind of caught him in the act. But let's just say I dealt out a little bit of street justice. Problem was, by doing so, I pretty much killed the credibility of the case, ended up accidentally destroying a lot of evidence, and basically the city had to deal with a whole lot of possible lawsuits. You know what? I can sleep better at night. Nice. All right. Oh, yeah. And uh, based on how and the nature of the injuries, he's not going to be harming another. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I had seven, so one of you gets stuck with two of these sort of bad karma questions. And that's uh, our person with the edge of two, Alex. Ooh. So what person close to you did you lose because of your work? And not your partner, who was covered by the other question already. Her name's yeah, Irene, say, isn't uh, it? I was gonna tie tie that in. So, hmm, I'm gonna say it's it's the one family member that that uh, this character still had any connection to. He he lost because of his obsessive search for answers and truth, and in investigating his cases. You know, he alienated the rest of the family because he kept missing commitments, those kinds of things. But this this one person kind of like had the last straw. So we're gonna say it's probably some kind of sibling, or maybe a brother. 
or sister. Okay, and how did you lose them? Did they just end up writing you off, or did they get uh, put in danger because of what you did? I'm going to say it started off with just missing the holiday dinners and letting those commitments slide, but just like the partner uh, that I got killed, it was my obsessive uh, need to get close to and understand the mind of you know, the killer that I'm tracking down that I exposed this person to it and this last person said, you know, this is this can't happen anymore. We can't be in our life. Okay. Alright, so on to the good karma questions. These are going to be so much harder. Yes, they will. <laughs> Alright, so let's see. I guess we'll go with uh, high edge to low here, so uh, Rob, you get the first one. Alright. So who among the other players here, their characters, I should say, uh, whose life did he recently save? Hmm. Actually, go with the idea. Uh, let's go with Alex. Not to pick on you, dude, but I got a great idea. You're doing your, you're busy focusing on some sort of aspect, and you did, and you happen to miss a guy who was uh, drawing a beat on you uh, from the crowd. And I reacted. He pulled out a gun, but I was just a little bit faster. I like it. All right, and we had a couple people in the four here. We'll go with Nick this time. Uh, what was your last successful case or arrest? Well, it definitely was not the one previous to this. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been assigned to this damn task force with all of these assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like him. <laughs> uh, really, the, the last one where the guy actually got uh, the penalty, some, somebody pulling out of the bar parking lot rammed my car, so I ticketed him. No okay. <laughs> Successful case closed. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Ken, um, why did you receive a medal recently? While I was sitting in my easy chair at home playing with my RCC, (laughs) driving the squad car that was set up to be jacked into, there was a little girl that got hit by a car, and I saw it. So I pulled up the squad car and opened the door, and on the PA system, I said, Throw the kid in the car. I'll take her to the hospital. And I took the kid to the hospital, and I got a medal. Right, so yeah, the kid must have been uh, the daughter of somebody important. Oh yeah, uh, mayor, something like that. Yeah, I don't know, some dirty was... politician. All right. It, is okay. someone writing? Are you writing all these down, and so they'll show up somewhere? I've been shouting them down on the Google Doc. Feel free oh, to update, change, expand, whatever. Oh, I can see you writing. Good job. Thank you. You're amazing. <laughs> Naughtiness and spiffiness. That's great. <laughs> PTSD with vending machines. <laughs> <laughs> well, is that why all the, machi- uh, all the vending machines at the substations now have chains on them? <laughs> you noticed Pretty that, much. did you? Yeah, those aren't regulation chains. Uh, he actually goes around and installs them. <laughs> and puts them back when they get taken away. <laughs> yeah, he calls it uh, earthquake preparedness, but there's never been an earthquake in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. First time for everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Then, uh, Ken, I got you there. Who's next with three? 
Either me or Hayes. That's me. Oh. All right, so Hayes, tell me about a tense emergency situation that you stepped up and resolved successfully. Ooh, successfully resolved. These questions are hard. Yep, things got tense, it was tough, there was danger, lives hung in the balance, and you were the one who came up with the idea and stepped up to do something. Well, that was that vending vending machine. It was not (laughs) putting chains in the vending machines. (laughs) That wasn't successfully resolved. Well, training wasn't that much good. So, I was uh, hanging out at Eddie's bar, and uh, there were a couple of guys in there looking for... uh, for rings, because he's got a pretty decent selection, you know, if you ask him right, and pops him up on the AR feed. And uh, it turns out they uh, they both picked the uh, the same item at the same time and uh, got into a uh, fist fight over it. And I managed to uh, to calm them down and uh, get them to uh, to agree to uh, pick a, a different item after I. Uh, uh, just uh, revealed uh, the uh, the actual history of the uh, the ring in question. Apparently, uh, you know, uh, new wedding rings uh, they uh, they aren't as popular when they uh, they've been uh, gotten put onto the market as the result of murder. All right. So I ran out of good guy questions here, so I'm just going to recycle them. So, uh, Kit. Whose life did you recently save among the other players here? Oh, gosh. Ooh, ooh, pick me, pick me! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my brain's just not working. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. We can say that I tend to go wandering off into more dangerous situations than I probably should. <laughs> well, I'll let you mull that over while I go to Alex. And again, I'll recycle this question for you. Uh, what was your last successful completed case or arrest? Last successful completed case was uh, one that uh, I was brought in on as a, a psychological profile for what was suspected at the time, um, a series of related murders, which ended up being a, a serial killer. Um, and we'll call them a copycat of the I-5 Strangler from last century and that that kind of notoriety or not notoriety but that kind of public awareness kind of catapulted me into this special group that we're in now alright so Kit are you typing that? I am it's a little weak but whatever you saved his drone's life no I saved his life because he would have gotten a lethal dump shot because he was already uh, kind of fragged up at that point Okay. so if his drone had gotten blown up it would have Killed him from dump shock. Okay. All right. Last few questions here. Actually, these ones are presented to all of you, each individually. So the questions are, why did you choose to become a cop, and why do you still want to be a cop? To protect and serve. Oh, shit. Oh, sorry. (laughs) There is no other answer, right? There's no other correct answer. I'm going to say boredom and uh, increased uh, power over people. Okay. Something along those lines. As a Chavez, you're on one side of the line or the other. All right, so Hayes, how about you? Sorry, I'm still thinking. Hmm, why did I want to become a cop? 
Well, I'm probably still a cop because they uh, they suckered me into joining this uh, this magical organization. And man, getting out of it that's that's even harder than getting your uh, your pension early. Um, hmm. But they've uh, got those active the samples. Example? Right. Ah, perhaps uh, Lone Star has an educational program. I was just thinking that there weren't uh, there were still some vending machines yet unchained. <laughs> No, no, I didn't have a problem with that until my partner was crushed. Oh, right, right. And I'll thank you not to blame me for it. It was his idea to start shaking him in the first place, damn it. <laughs> no, seriously, people die from this. Nah, that's just an urban legend. He's on a public, uh, he's on a public health crusade. So yeah, I think I joined the cops for uh, the uh, educational opportunities originally, uh, getting uh, training and whatnot, and now I've got, uh, you know, uh, Lone Star sunk so deep into uh, my, uh, my aura, if you will, that uh, getting myself uh, out again would be difficult. All right, fair enough. How about you, Kit? My dad talked me into it after a failed attempt at a college. I spent a semester overseas, and a lot of dreck went wrong. Okay, and why, did you, why do you still want to be a cop? Well, I found it, it's, it's pretty fragging exciting, and it pays pretty well. Plus, uh, something I wouldn't volunteer to anybody, uh, being a member of the force keeps me safe from certain elements. I'd rather not, not I'd, I'd rather not be a civilian. Let's put it that way. All right, how about you, Rob? Well, started out as a soldier in the CAS Army. Got a little bit of a blood feud with some of the Azzies. This just seemed like a natural extension. Different, you know, different uniform, same mission. All right, does it cover both, or uh, do you have other motivations for remaining in the force? Pretty much covers both, you know. Not exactly... Uh, I would say it's more of an opportunity to be kind of take care of things. I think we just lost somebody. We lost Nick. All right. Well, uh, Ken, how about you? <clears throat> my dad was a cop, and his dad was a cop, and my sister's a cop, so I became a cop. You, All right. You must be the younger brother. Have we established this now? I think we just have. <laughs> <laughs> so, after nearly dying on the job, uh, how come you decided to stick around? Because my dad was a cop, and my sister's a cop, and my grandpa's a cop, and I'm not a quitter. <laughs> Alright. That and the family uh, holidays would be just a little awkward. Right? Yeah, a little. I'm gonna go be a fireman. <laughs> ah! You can, you can you eat what? at the kitty cable. <laughs> Forever. <laughs> okay, don't ever say that around cops. <laughs> the, the, the rivalry between... Ba Badge thumpers and hose jockeys is insane. Mm -hmm. You say that every now and again just to see how, how red Dad's face gets before he realizes <laughs> you're joking. You think he'd have caught on by now. But think how much fun it would be to rig a fire engine. Right. Alright, I think we'll call a bathroom break here and see if uh, Nick makes it back on. Okay. Oh, I didn't get everybody's reasons for being a cop on the uh, the dock. Feel free to type in your own if you guys want. 
I'm actually I'm actually planning on going to use these questions in writing a character background profile. So cool. I'll post it out there on the document. Oh, are we going to keep using the uh, forums as well? I don't see why not. Uh, it would be fun if we could organize the forums in such a way that we could take some of those previous campaign posts and mark them in such a way that it pertains to that campaign and maybe create a new section. I don't know. We call it call it Lone Star Campaign. I don't know. Yeah, I think I could rename that stuff. Yeah, I think it's already broken out into the new campaign and then uh, other stuff. Ooh, there's a general discussion option now. General discussion. I really need to come up with a name. Yeah, I, I second-guessed my name, but eh, it came to me at some point, and I haven't been able to shake it, so I'll just keep it. Because Hayes is the sort of ganger scum that this character would probably shoot on sight. Right. I did have to be sure to run my uh, my name choice past Google just to make sure I'm not, you know, naming my character after a porn star or something. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awkward. You could just tell Dad, well, I could have been a fireman. <laughs> you could still threaten to tell him that you're going to be a fireman. That's true. Someone remind me what your knowledge skills or your points available are based on. Intuition and logic with a multiplier. There we go, that explains it. Thank you. Intuition and logic times two. Thank you kindly. I always have to search for that part in the uh, core book. Welcome back. Okay, I'm back. Welcome back. We took a short break, so not everybody's here yet. I've got a new name. So you do. Do you have a hammer? What? Do you have a silver hammer? <laughs> Maxwell, it must be. Yes, it Amusingly is. enough, I did pick uh, an allergy to silver. <laughs> nice. So what, we're switching names now or something? Picking them, at least. So we, we talking like character names and everything? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Ah, okay. <laughs> Just to throw a wrench in there and make sure everybody's thoroughly confused. It's... Breaking the law! Breaking the law! <laughs> yeah, Hayes was my name for the uh, the previous campaign, so I'll go with Maxwell for this one. Maxwell Voss. <laughs> Judah Priest. <laughs> Judah Priest! <laughs> I haven't landed on that yet. That might be a little too hokey. I got mine by uh, poking around in the, uh, the psychometry entry in Wikipedia, looking for some fun names to mix and match. Good call. By I just way, had... what's that? I was just I was just throwing in there, both you know, bonus nerves points to anybody who can kind of guess where I got my name from. It sounds from yeah, <laughs> yep. that's it. Combination of uh, Dano and uh, Steve McGarrett. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah, because I just watched it last night. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need. We need a theme song. I think at the oh, end no. of our first mission, we're going to have a race to see who can say, Book him, Dano! <laughs> <laughs> nice. Besides, <laughs> Garrett just seems like a good, solid Texas name. Have you guys seen 22 Jump Street? No. no. Not yet. No. Have you seen 21 Jump Street? I just saw the it was uh, better than I thought it would be. Hmm. 
And the uh, the sequel was, well, 21 Jump Street was basically a parody of the original 21 Jump Street. And then 22 Jump Street was the, you know, archetypical uh, sequel to a parody movie. <laughs> where they parody all of the sequel stuff. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> and you say it was and, actually decent? It, well, for a cheesy cop parody movie, yes. Oh, okay. And uh, at the end of it, they had a whole bunch of uh, bumpers for, you know, the the next movie, uh, 23 Jump Street and 24 Jump Street, and where they go undercover in, you know, medical school and clown college and... Oh, good God. Stop! <laughs> Stop! Sounds like the beginning of Tropic Thunder. Yeah, <laughs> right? I forget how many, but I think it was into the, you know, 30 and 40s Jump Street. <laughs> Okay, so are we missing anybody, or is everybody back? I think we're back. I see everyone. Yep. I picked a name. Right. I see. So. Yeah, everybody then... forget what I said about the uh, languages. I rearranged my attributes a little bit. It's not going to work. Skill jacks. Way to go. <laughs> not this puppy. I got skill jacks. Can't wait to try them out. I just got jack. <laughs> <laughs> so who else is playing a mage I am but not in the traditional sense at all okay what, what do you mean by non-traditional mage I'm not any kind of combat oriented I'm not summoning I'm purely investigative can you oh, shoot a gun he's in Lone Star yeah my, my, my silver tongue really is my weapon he's got to have at least a pistol one yep Oh, yeah, I have a couple points of pistol. I guess I won't be inviting you over to help with my ritual circles, then. Alright, so there's the thing of the magical group. Are any of you in the magical group besides Maxwell? Me. I don't know. What would the magical group really be in the context of us? Since my character's background is pretty fluid at this point, you know, I'm kind of going along the lines that this guy was college-educated, awakened, got really into investigative sciences, and got into the police force. Well, I figure Lone Star sort of creates facilities and opportunities and encourages uh, magical formations of magical groups uh, within Lone Star. Sort of an official magical group. There isn't, like, the one Lone Star magical group that would be impossible for people to join. At least I think it would be. Actually, no, maybe that wouldn't affect anything. I was thinking it would be harder the more people you added in. I think it's only an issue if you take, uh, what is it, the exclusive right for it? Okay. Because you basically have to, to break and recreate it if you want to add people at that point. Okay. okay. So, I don't know. The, the rules for magical groups are a little bit uh, difficult to read through. So, as far as the magical group goes, there's multiple traditions that are admitted. Essentially hermetic and shamanic. Hey. And then, uh... Sorry, what's that? Uh, generally, the more mixture you have in it, the less... There, there are some rituals or other things you can't do because they're based on exclusivity. But, on the other hand, you can have as large a group as you want. I mean, think about how big Illuminatus is. Just a second. Little one's invading again. Okay, so 
this would invite, uh, I guess, magicians, shamans, as well as adepts. And uh, the membership would be limited to people who are working for Lone Star. Material Link, I would say, would definitely be included as well. And then there'd be individual strictures that would be required. So, uh, which strictures are you uh, thinking would work best for this? I'm thinking my guy would be of the shamanic tradition, but I really want to go through Street Gomorrah and read more about those traditions in a little bit more in depth. I could see attendance being a stricture for uh, for Lone Star. Well, here's also another idea to throw in there. There are official groups, and then there are unofficial groups, kind of clicks that always seem to develop within any type of organization. You know, on the you know, you might run into a similar situation because let's face it, mages are going to be very very clicky, especially in a department like this. So. Maybe that's an angle you could consider. Yeah, I suppose the uh, the group that you get to join as a freebie uh, would be the sort of official one. There might be multiple official ones. I mean, there might be like a separate one for adepts, a separate one for shamans, a separate one for mages. That might make more sense. Yeah. I would say exclusive membership and exclusive ritual would be out. Uh, I think secrecy wouldn't make sense either. I'd see attendance, fraternity, obedience, and service fitting really well. Yeah, that makes sense. We'll go with that. Attendance, fraternity, obedience, and service. So there's a regular, what, monthly meeting? Maybe quarterly? I don't know. If yeah. uh, if you have to have uh, mages who are going undercover as part of it, you might not want them to you know, have to break out of cover for a meeting every month. We'll say there's monthly meetings, but you have to attend at least one per quarter. That works. Seems yeah. to fit for that. Uh, service being, you have to do some sort of work that's outside of the normal police work. Uh, 20 hours per month. Uh, work that would be specifically related to the magical group aspect of it. Put the chairs away after meetings. And then obedience, of course, there's definitely a rank hierarchy thing. And fraternity is, uh, well, you have to help each other. <laughs> that makes sense. And do we want to do sort of like one catch-all group for all magicians? Yeah, that would make sense. Um, or, at, or at least have something like that for the district. Okay. Did you say 20 hours on police work is part of service? Uh, 20 hours in service to the group that's not necessarily related to your police work. Gotcha. Those are additional sort of overtime hours. And that's per month? Or per week? Yep, per month. So four to five hours per week. Gotcha. Actually, the more I think about it, the, the service one doesn't seem to work. Because, Andy, if you've got the uh, undercover cop, they'd be breaking that structure all the time. Let's take that one out and add in dues. Which would amount to essentially an additional 500 new yen per month. Alright, I think that kind of covers the magical group question. 
I've got a few other things written down. Is there anything else that um, anyone particular wants to make sure we cover? Not particularly. Ever decide who is going to be in charge of this with the Yahoos definitively? I think that was going to be Mr. Chavez, wasn't it? I'm. My name's on the to- uh, <clears throat> at the top of the table of organization. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there. And he committed in a very non-committal sort of way. I'm sure uh, someone is the second most senior in command. They'll be my XO. Talk to my XO. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's already learned the first part about being in command. Delegate, delegate, delegate. Okay, so there's a few notable personalities that you guys are going to be dealing with on a somewhat regular basis. There's the uh, the captain, so to speak, or the your boss, the guy in charge of things at the Dallas Lone Star headquarters, or at least in charge of the things that you'll be doing. Captain, my captain. Yeah. So what's the uh, what's your your would, would captain be the right term for that, uh, Mister yeah. Police Expert Person? Captain or lieutenant would probably be fine. If you're talking about, uh, it depends on how big the unit is or what de- and, uh, what district it's attached to. If we're a task force, we probably answer to, yeah, I would say probably say a captain. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll go with the captain then. So who is this captain? Uh, we'll give an uh, easy one to, uh, I guess, uh, Ken, you first. About uh, like things like race and gender. What about it? What race and gender is the captain? The captain's a slimy orc. Boo. And it's a female to boot. Damn. Oh my god. Horror of horrors. Well, it's just okay. one star after all. <laughs> well, prejudice the, the is captain. almost standard issue. Captain's a female orc. Uh, that means she must be particularly capable or headstrong in order or to be in her right position. <laughs> like I said, yeah. capable and headstrong. You say her nickname <laughs> is the Ballbreaker. <laughs> Beulah. Nut- no, the Nutcracker. Oh. All right. <laughs> everybody, everybody she gets came her up literally in the, uh, a cyber crimes uh, division, and uh, she's Ballbreaker. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Beulah, Beulah Ballbricker. All right. So, what's her uh, outward demeanor like? I'm not sure about the other guys, but she seems to hate orcs. I don't know what her deal is. Or excuse me, she seems to hate elves. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just me. She sure don't like me much. Maybe it's just you. <laughs> it's not like I ran over her foot or anything with my new RCC when I was playing with it. Well, okay, see, we have a history way back when. Anyway, you aren't supposed to fraternize with people in your chain of command. That's the excuse I gave. You don't call the next day. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why he's no longer a lieutenant. (laughs) All right. So, we've got this female orc who's called, at least behind her back, Nutcracker. I would say I would say chip on her shoulder because let's face it, she's probably had to go through a lot of crap to get where she's at. Yeah, she's Definitely. a no nonsense, take no bull direct person. Because a female orc in her position is extremely unlikely, especially in Texas. She seems to have uh, something against elves, or maybe just Billy. 
<laughs> it could be. Or is he just Billy? And she had a bit of a fling with uh, uh, Mr. Chavez. She might not have known that he was an undercover cop at the time. She didn't know I was an elf either. <laughs> oh, that's where it started. Oh, I have the human-looking quality. Why? <laughs> I, I just gotta say it as an aside here. I, I'm really loving this session. I was about to say no, no, I'm not gonna go there. I was say maybe we can interesting like religious belief something like that just to add insult to injury but then again we probably don't want to piss too many people off oh my goodness yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll leave uh leave her from there uh i'll pick a name for her battle sounds good what's that you have battling sounds good sounds kind Madeline. of official yeah everyone calls her maddie emphasis on the mad <laughs> anyone who calls her maddie gets a uh, written up I don't know with that with a men's size ten. <laughs> there we go, Madison Hardy. Hey, uh, does that work? Yeah. Oh. I've got a list of names that I like. I w- I went through like the sort of demo- racial demographics and then just picked a bunch of of names that fit those different demographics to kind of draw from. Madison Hardy was one of them, so I thought that was pretty close to Madeline. We can go with Madeline Hardy if you prefer. It works. All right, so another uh, prominent character that you've uh, interacted with and are likely to have something to do with is the Super Cop. The? Yeah, there's like the one, like total badass, good at everything. Puts us all to shame. Shot the most bad guys. Puts all you know. Every time I look in the mirror, (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna say he sounds like a Chip McKenzie, a real dick. Yes. Just remember, aim for the bushes. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I don't know. For some reason, you mentioned that the name Shane Jackson just sort of jumped out at me. You know, seems almost like an action hero name. Okay, so Shane Jackson. (laughs) Action uh, Jackson. What race is exactly. Action Jackson? He's an elf, of course. He looks like the. He looks like Dwayne Johnson. Why? He, no, he's got to be human. He's got to be human. I was thinking human. Okay. Still can look right. like Dwayne Johnson. Come on. Yes. So the human. <laughs> Steve I mean, you see the Shane other Jackson, guys, right? Come on. Often called Action Jackson. He signs autographs. He goes on television. He. Stops major crimes. He's just unstoppable. And he will that die was... in the first episode. <laughs> He's been shot many times, has tons of medals. Now, is he the kind of guy that is, like, super <laughs> nice to you, and so you hate him for it? Or is he the kind of dude that's just, like, a smug dick, and you hate him for it? That's a good question. I would say yes. smug dick. Okay, he's an Oakley-wearing SWAT belonging, <laughs> you know, super cop, and he knows it. You know, the whole idea, if you're not SWAT, you're not. You're the wits. I'm sorry, you're either SWAT or you're not. Period. <laughs> I like it. Me too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so... all, all, yeah, and most police, uh, yeah, there's a lot, I have to know a couple 
police officers who wear Oakleys and yeah, they're pricks. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so you get so 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 to him like everybody else is little people. Yeah, pretty much. It's 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 a lot of and let's face it, some people just become victims of their own success. I can see my character wanting to find dirt on this guy throughout the entire (laughs) campaign. What was that? He kicked a puppy in the third grade? Oh, that's still going out there. (laughs) I'm putting this in my Well, it just so happens the the puppy was about to bite uh, one of my (laughs) classmates. Doesn't matter. (laughs) That's not with this picture. Not not after I doctor this picture. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so now then we've got the... um, Yo, information specialist. That's a decker for hire. Uh, could be the decker you go to, or you know, someone who has access to all kinds of databases and information. This is the person you might consult when you need info tracked down. His Majesty, the Duke of Dex. <laughs> what? Gone legit? Are you shitting me? <laughs> he gets bored. <laughs> The greatest so hack a Decker ever pulled was making Lone Star think he was legit. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hiding in plain sight. He didn't so much join Lone Star, he just sort of created a personality and started showing up for work. And after a while, no one really seemed to care. <laughs> I like it. So is he like a, a consulting Decker then? How about this? What? Just, just, just out of purest friends. Why don't we make it, you know, his outside persona... Makes him look like an old-fashioned noir detective. You know, the whole trench coat and everything. Almost like a Columbo. Excuse me, sir, one more thing. One more thing. Oh, uh, yeah, let me look that up for you. I'll, I'll get that for you in just a minute. But one more thing while I'm looking this up. I don't know. And then I pin you to the wall. <laughs> All right, then the, another person you'll probably be interested in, in um, interacting with quite a bit is the quartermaster. The head of the armory, the, the person who sort of doles out the equipment, you have to convince that, yes, I really do need the assault rifle with the underbarrel grenade launcher this time. That actor who's now the spokesman for the farmer's insurance commercials? I can't think of the guy's name, but he'd be perfect. You know, but we are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah, that... That would be J.K. Simmons. He also yes! plays Jonah Jameson on Spy- in Spider-Man movies. That guy, yes. What's yeah. his name? Uh, J.K. I want to say J.K. Simmons, but I'm probably screwing it up. I'll look but, it up. Yeah, IMDb. I'll say they're thinking that, or maybe we get some sort of like really scrawny yep. type of orc or or a dwarf or something like that with big, huge, you know, spectacles and everything. It's like, nope, I don't have the proper paperwork for this, so you cannot take this. At- Take this piece of equipment out. Oh, yeah, and according to my records, the last two rifles that you came back with came back in such horrible shape that we had to work on it for a week. So guess what? I have issued a 422-6-7 order that says no more issuing to you until you come back with the proper uh, okays from your captain. So there. There's a reason this guy is... (laughs) (laughs) Someone who's like, this This is my domain. I rule all. And there's a reason he was, you know, put down in the basement behind a cage. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could see myself using influence on him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't see him in every problem. Are you doesn't seem to be any problems? I don't know why. Maybe you just don't ask him right. <laughs> you will fill out these request forms for us. I think I'll fill these out for you. 
<laughs> and wave optional. Unnecessary in Shadowrun. True, but you gotta go with the flare. It's my centering. Yes. <laughs> that's your that's the story and we're sticking to it. <laughs> hey, here's my centering. <laughs> Centered right on center mass. <laughs> so I guess the, the quartermaster his sort of behind his back nickname is Nerd Rage. <laughs> uh, Clifton. Yeah. You listed a, a biomonitor standard gear. Would yeah. we also? So, what about biometric readers? Uh, what do you mean? That... Well, we're law enforcement. We're going to be going around checking people's IDs and stuff, right? Oh, good point. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I thought of the the biomonitor is something that you have on yourself. Like, so like a, a comic, so. scanner, you thinking? Well, the biometric reader is kind of like the way that you transmit your physical, I'm really this person via the data stream, right? right. I think, I think uh, what do you call it? I don't know if there's a special term for it, but the SIN uh, a scanner would have something like that built into it at high rate levels. But I don't know if that's something we'd carry around with us. Um, I would see that actually being a, either an attachment or some kind of app installed in our com links sort of a quick scanner kind of like what we do with those uh, all those wonderful either barcodes or those uh promo code things that we do you know we just hold up our com links it's all right sir i need you to stand still for just a moment we hold it up it does its thing and it connects back to the main uh no date or database back at the station and it runs a recognition program from there we're all interconnected you know probably through these com links and stuff yeah. like that so i, I guess you, you typically use like you typically use like like the comlink sensors and camera. Yeah, or for those of us who might have, say, cyber eyes, or even through our our goggles of like we've got image link. You know, we snap a picture, fire that image back to uh, HQ, and say, and you know, with a re with a e request saying, need an ID on this guy, code whatever. You know, in regards to you know. Well, the biometric reader is a piece of equipment that's two hundred million. Was that in the core book? Yeah, it's back with the communications gear. Well, let, me, let me look it up quick. I think so it's like the, right there with like electronic paper and that other stuff. Hold last. on. Give me a second. Hit biometric Here we go. Checking a fake sin is on page 364. Wait a minute. Biometric reader? I'm, I just, I happen to have Hero Lab up and it says everyone. Uh, only costs two hundred dollars. Yeah, a biometric reader is something you'd you'd want to attach to like a maglock, so you could put your hand to yeah. it or uh, your eyes or whatever. So, I could see that sort of thing being involved with you know cops checking IDs though. Yeah, yeah. it would be included on something like that, but that would just yeah. be it wouldn't be a separate thing. It would be part of the device. You know. Well, maybe it comes on our standard issue comlinks. Yeah, yeah less sophisticated units perform only the most basic checks, while more sophisticated ones will perform a deeper analysis with cross-verification. Right, because you put the cyberware scanner and the MAD scanner on the comlink. Yeah, let's just add the biometric reader on there for the heck of it. Yeah, you need rating four uh, SIN verification before it stops worrying about before it starts worrying about biometrics. Okay. Yeah, let's say you've got rate, uh, rating force in verification then. 
Five or six seems pretty intrusive. I think you run into like five or six when you like try to buy a house or something. Yeah, rating five biometrics are tested against a sample. So that sounds like they actually do DNA checking kind of thing. Okay, so the last important person, well, this one's probably not so important necessarily, is um, the hopeful desk jockey. The person who is <laughs> stuck back at the HQ, who really wants to be part of the action, and uh, wants to go out there and do big things, but they're, you know, they're they're back there at administration or something. <laughs> Shut up, Farva. <laughs> so, uh, let's see here. What is this person's uh, gender and race? Oh, let's see. It's a dwarf. Yeah, we got a male dwarf. The kid. Yeah, the young rookie who's trying to get out there. Hasn't quite earned his stripes yet. Maybe he effed up. Hey, when he yeah. grows over 150 meters tall, he can come with us. <laughs> you have to be this high to ride to the... Constantly right, so... asking if he can help anybody with anything. Yeah, why is he stuck behind a desk? Is it just inexperience? He was There's injured. plenty of inexperienced cops who, you know, get a patrol car or something. He was injured, like, badly right after he actually did get out in the field. He lasted all of, like, two weeks. Light duty. Yep. What's that? Light duty. He's been put because, yeah, uh, the whole accident thing, he was hurt. He just seems to be a bit of a clutch. And he's constantly getting hurt. So, but he's actually turned out to be a pretty darn good office organizer. Yeah, which I like is the only the reason they keep him around. Yeah, I like the idea that he got stuck in it because he got hurt, and now that he's you know fully healed and ready to go, well, you are so good at the filing system. It would be a shame to lose you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, That's I like totally the bad not luck. what he wants to do. I like the bad luck thing. Like he's a he, he just he can't ever he can't ever make it. He just it doesn't work for him. Or at the not, very least, anything physical. Not quite Barney Fife. <laughs> You know, his pen breaks on him all the time. He's the guy that knocks over the cup of coffee on the copier, all that Wait stuff. Wait a minute. Fackler from Police Academy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, so his name's Ryan Buckner. Oh, I hate him already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make sure he gets me seven different cups of coffee every day. This guy's supposed to be likable. Of course, that doesn't mean you have to like him. No, well, I love his coffee. Him... <laughs> so basically, should we just call him our unofficial minion and get it over with? We keep giving him uh, yellow outfits and goggles <laughs> with like a wrong number of uh, eyes on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for the quartermaster, uh, let's see. His nickname is Nerd Rage, but his real name will let's see. Look at my list here. Who have I got? We'll go with Anthony Stark. He can't, uh, be, he can't be a Stark. No. <laughs> he has to prepare. Yeah. Bitching is coming. He has to be a firsty firsty. He's got to have two first names. <laughs> uh, how about hey. Jacob Jacob Arthur? There yes. you go. Hey, don't knock This is Texas, man. Okay. Billy Bob. <laughs> and this is the no, quartermaster, no. Jacob Arthur? No, no, no. 
Johnny Ray. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Ray, R-A-Y-E. What's up, Johnny Ray? <laughs> All right. Oh, hey, Cliff. Uh, if I could make a quick suggestion to you. Um, yeah. If we're coming up with our cast of characters, um, what about those who are not necessarily attached to the police force that we would have to deal with on a regular basis, such as district attorneys and assistant district attneys. I have a couple of those as planned contacts as well. You mean same Satan here and his minion? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Necessary evil, but you know, <laughs> we're still gonna have to deal with them. Yes. Whether, and we need someone to call our work incompetent. We need someone to question everything that we did and basically <laughs> say we're worthless and, and then assume we're all, all the- criminals. Exactly, and then take all, but then take all the credit when the conviction is made. <laughs> That's okay. uh, Maddie. Yeah, right. Her too. Uh, Maddie actually like benefits when you succeed, and uh, you know it makes sense for her to credit you because in crediting you, she credits herself. But this would be somebody outside of the force that would. So yeah, I like the the, the assistant district attorney, Daniela Lopez. Daniel, Bilo, I like it. All right, what's her uh, race? I already picked the gender. Well, you already said Lopez, so. So troll. All right. Okay, what what's her general demeanor like? Young or veteran, someone who's been around, who knows the system, or a young go-getter, almost like a. Dana Oaks from uh, Mission Seattle. You know, which way do we want to go with this? I see her as a veteran. I see her as a uh, copy of the, um, uh, what's her name, uh, Figueroa from uh, Orange is the New Black, if anybody's seen that show. Nope. Yeah. She's a just a conniving, excellent at talking to people. She's just got this tone about when she speaks to people. She tries to talk them down and makes sure to have her skirt nice and short and crosses her legs in front of the men and that sort of thing. And because she's a troll, it makes that that much more disturbing. <laughs> Give her a high charisma so she can pull it off. That's a whole lot of woman. She'll <laughs> either seduce you or she'll break you. Or both. Oh. Yeah, or both. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, there are people who pay good money for that, okay? This is true. Some people go for that. All right. Sounds good. Then, uh, okay, so we've talked about the Mafia some, mostly in regards to uh, Mr. Chavez there. Uh, and there's the Yakuza, who are violent, and they're involved in, like, nastier things like slave trade, and are really um, taking advantage of the refugees. And they're definitely at odds with the Mafia. Not necessarily outright warfare, but they really don't get along. There's been some new trouble as far as organized crime goes. A new player on the scene. Um, Who has entered the the scene recently to stir things up? A guy who is known... Sorry, you're breaking up there. I was thinking, a gentleman... Who is known only on the streets as Julio? Nobody knows. He's a mystery. There have been some vague reports bit about, you know, other than he might, he's most likely a male. Metatype, age, nothing. He's almost like becoming this urban legend thing. That's dangerous. We'll have to take him out. Yep. 
You know, it could be with all those uh, refugees. You're talking about uh, uh, an Aussie based gang. Possibility. But we don't know. Exactly. Okay, then. As far as gangs goes, we've got some of the more prominent ones you guys have interacted with in some respect. There's the Bushmasters, the Irving Area Go Gang, uh, pretty much a Sons of Anarchy type group. Uh, violent and anything illegal, but not like random crazy violence. And we've got the Feathered. They're a pro as technology uh, gang. Uh, they're known for their brutality, their uh, access to all kinds of nasty weapons, and of course their their high casualty rate. They seem to go in and do shit and not care who among them gets shot or killed. So oh, they're great. they're they're crazy fraggers who aren't afraid to die. Then we got the VV, which are the well-established uh, sort of territorial Arlington area gang. Uh, so I want you guys to give me three more gangs with a real basic concept that are going to play a role in the campaign. The Mustangs, a go gang, sort of a self, they're kind of their, their whole shtick. They fancy themselves after uh, bull riders, rodeo riders, that type of thing. You know, may put horns on the front of their bikes and stuff like that. Just generally like tearing up along the highway. They like dipping in and out of the uh, Z zones and stuff like that. Or we just call them the bull riders. Okay, what sort of stuff are they into besides riding around? Uh, I would say, quote-unquote, protection. Uh, they also, they, and also uh, any type of vehicular stuff. You know, you've got, they're raiders. They like uh, shipments, cargo, ve- uh, semi-trucks, stuff, armored cars, you, that type of jazz. Okay. They could also Hijackers. Double, hijackers. Oh, and they could also double as couriers. Hey, we got a border with Aslan. They could be smugglers too. Exactly. They can be point. They can be a sort of local point of contacts who maybe could also specialize in doing some of the uh, you know point man activities. You know, keep an ear to the ground, stuff like that against you know people like us. And if we really want to get crazy, one of their favorite things they like to do is uh, go after Lone Star patrols. You know, as part of their initiation right. You want to type some of that in for uh, the description? All right, so Ken, you get to design a gang. Oh, jeez. You've been quiet for a while, so I get to pick on you. There's this... Or at least start it. ...crazy gang of hackers that have been terrorizing local shops. Money has been disappearing, but they're not sure how they've been doing it. Go. <laughs> What's their name? What's their theme? What what evidence do they leave? Yeah, the, the, I just came up with the idea. You guys fill in the blanks. They're the blanks, the faceless ones. There you go. I like that, the faceless. Or the nameless. What are we? What about the? We're simply, we are the void. I like the void. Yeah, sort of a uh, sort of a pseudo offshoot, kind of in the same vein as uh, the current anonymous. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Hacker gang. Rumors are they might be technomancers. Dun, dun, dun. Terrorists. 
That too. Rumor has it they're based out of the Six Flags in Arlington, too. Oh! <laughs> nice! I like the, uh, the twisters for a whiz gang of, uh, of uh, magically active or wannabe uh, gang members. Ooh, Grand Prairie Twisters. <laughs> so they're uh, whiz gangs? Yeah, that's one of the uh, sections of uh, in between Dallas-Fort Worth. Yeah, so Grand Prairie is like double-A to A, center of fashion design, museums, galleries, and trendy shops. So these are like rich kids who have magical abilities. Oh, it's abilities. even better. Oh, I want to punch them. Oh, yes. I like that. They're bored, so they've turned to crime. Tisk tisk, Mommy didn't raise them right. <laughs> Yeah, and they go and tangle and make trouble with other gangers and whatever, and just, uh, yeah, they, they, they fling their mojo around. And when they get arrested, they just get released right away because, you know, they've got connections and their parents are rich and wealthy. Oh, God I damn lawyers. More. And they know the influence spell. Oh, <laughs> God, I hate them. <laughs> they are definitely narcissists, for sure. Yeah, like, okay. Yeah, that's a good bunch of gangs. So that that's pretty much all I had as far as um, stuff to kind of figure out as a group. If you guys want to go ahead and sort of solidify your characters and you know finish out any stats you haven't done already. Yeah, just want to tweak it right now. Or do any other uh, sort of cross-pollinization as you uh, as we've got everybody here today in voice chat. You know, I'm probably going to finish up this character here in the next day or so and post those details as well as the, the outline of a story. Um, if you guys want to take a look at that and see if there's any kind of uh, knowledge or skill overlap, uh, make some suggestions. Something I've been thinking of doing later on is saving up karma for uh, an ally spirit. And as a uh, ghost whisperer, how would you guys feel about uh, if your character dies off uh, coming back in ghost form? That'd be cool. I'm hip. It's okay with me. Like I have a choice. <laughs> <laughs> no. It just means I have to no, kill one of you. That's uh, that's no problem. <laughs> Either that, or if nobody else dies in the meantime, you could have always uh, have be the guy who knocked over the vending machine. I was thinking about that. <laughs> I'm planning on taking uh, insomnia because the uh, the ghosts speak to me and it keeps me up at night. Nice. <laughs> there you go. I mean, that's one of the worst negative qualities to take. Yeah, but it just goes so well with our story. Yeah, it does. I I, I took it from my first Shadowrun 5th edition character, and uh, I spent the karma to buy it off. It was either that or uncouth, and I figured I could have more fun with uncouth not having it be something that I have to do. Yeah, and yeah. considering you're kind of a face character, you don't want uncouth. Uncouth hurts. Say who would want uncouth? I no, took man. it as my uh, latest uh, combat medic. No, do you realize we're playing Lone Star, so you can be uncouth, <laughs> and the Johnson won't shoot you. <laughs> this is a good point. Yeah, but the captain might. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, I've been having trouble coming up with something for my character's bad reputation. She's got a bad rep, which, as you know, the quality gives you three notoriety. So 
I'm having trouble coming up with how she could still be employed by Lone Star, even on a probationary basis, yet have a bad rep. It's all those drug busts that you did where the evidence came up missing. Nobody saw you take it, but chain of custody kind of ended at you. That would work. Actually, I could do, uh, well, or here's another possibility. It's not so much a bad rep with the line officers, the grunts on the street, per se. As a matter of fact, they may kind of like you for this. Maybe you got pissed off enough and you jacked a superior officer. Oh, my character isn't made for that. <laughs> All Actually, the more no, reason. No, she could be, but yes. <laughs> You shot them in the kneecap cap as they were walking out yeah, of their car, <laughs> like, two days later. That's a little more premeditated. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you've got oh, a bad habit okay, of dating okay. suspects. Nah. All right, here's... Okay, uh, I'm going to throw this out there, although it might be on kind of the squicky side, so feel free to uh, say no. What if it was something, uh, sort of a he said, she said possibility, and now you've got a bad rep as not being a, quote, team player? And I'll just leave it at that. Having been in that situation before in the Air Force, that might be a possibility. Yeah, and it could be totally grounds. It could have been just another officer said, hey, how'd you like to go out? No, thank you. What? No, I mean, seriously. You know, you smack mm. the wrong guy. Maybe they had connections. And so now they're kind of, you know, the old boy network. I mean, this is Lone Star after, right. after all. So that's a possibility. I mean, my bad rep I'm going with is I got a bit of a tempo. Okay. So, so. What, what would your character be upset of being accused of? Working for internal affairs. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, what kind of if part you, of my hook. Yeah, what if you actually testified against your partner? Oh, that's a good one. Ooh. That's a good one. Serpico. That is a good one. Got a, or a past Serpico. partner who's now in jail. Yeah. Ooh. That goes back to SWAT. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I want to be partnered with the guy with the bad temper in that case. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, maybe you maybe, testified against him. Maybe you testified against <laughs> him to put him away. Maybe you were assigned oh. to the guy with the bad temper in hopes that you wouldn't do it again. <laughs> or maybe they put us both together thinking that eventually between the two of us we'd screw up and they'd give us a chance and it'd finally give them the chance to kick us off the force. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Yep. All right. Awesome. My bad rep is my bad rep goes back to the question that uh, Cliff gave me for uh, for my prejudice against sex offenders. So they're the ones who get my ire. You're just known for being a little heavy-handed, or a lot heavy-handed. Just a little. <laughs> Whereas I'm Tony Chavez, I have a bad <laughs> rep because you're Tony Chavez. I'm Tony Chavez, <laughs> as it should be. See, oh, yeah. in my so case, the bad rap is not unearned. <laughs> guy who started driving because he, he crashed his car and nearly died. <laughs> I'm the, sorry, uh, I, I still like that. Yeah, yeah. I have post-traumatic stress, but I'm going to be the one driving the car. It's like, oh, jeez. Yeah, uh, then we got the um, we got the person who uh, uh, helped his partner along to the afterlife by helping rock a vending machine. Like even even the people who were closer and enough to like consider it, you know, to 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 feel the tragedy have to admit, yeah, that's a a dumbass way to go. And the really sad part about it is, I still chat with him from time to time. 
Hey, wait a minute. This is like, uh, never mind. I'm just. Uh, I'll have to write up a bit of background for the guy. And the guy who gets essentially the the investigative equivalent of a. He gets the, the um, investigator equivalent of target fixation uh, to the point of uh, the detriment of the lives of the people around him. Yeah, nobody likes the guys that do all the mind, mer- mind rapey. It's bad. <laughs> this is true. But on the other <laughs> hand, on paper, you guys also have like, yeah, all of you have good like overlapping skills that kind of cover all the bases too, so... Yeah, I'm sure that our uh, task force has some sort of a horrible derogatory nickname that nobody has let slip to us yet. Well, isn't, there also... a, isn't there a term for that uh, that group in military or other organizations where they basically send all the misfits until the upper brass figures it out and uh, scatters them again? Uh, not really per se. I've heard terms like you know the freak squad or something or something of that nature. Yeah, on paper it looks great. Everybody's there because they're supposed to be, and it all fits together. But yeah, it's the dumping ground. Yeah, yeah. Our uh, the girls who were vocal enough in basic training uh, decided to call our squad Davila's delinquents. Uh, Davila being the last name of our sergeant. I I thought it was kind of sad that they chose that name, but admittedly, it was kind of appropriate. Testing. Hello. Ahoy. Ahoy. I think we're seeing here. I think we just kind of hit a little bit of a social brick wall. Like, okay, where do we go from here? Uh, <laughs> all right, this sounds like conversation, so they got really uncomfortable. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, so I think we've pretty much um, gotten, gotten stuff done. Um, any other things that uh, you guys want to make sure we cover before we break? Uh, I can't think of it on top of my head. I mean, um, we we did talk earlier about um, you know checking out or getting equipment um, issued to us. I guess depending on what we're doing. So I think a couple of us have skill wires, and that might be something you might want to figure out how you want to handle that because we're probably going to occasionally want to do something like swap out which uh, types of active softs that we want. A good point. Anything that you want to definitely have access to at a moment's notice, you're going to want to buy that with your starting cash. Right. I've I've done that, but now (laughs) you want to think about, at some point, there's got to be some problem. I mean, besides buying it, uh, it seems like it might be something that we could trade out at some rate or something. Because we work for a major corporation. Yeah. Here's, Here's kind of my two cents on the whole thing. Um, there are certain uh, clips pretty much got the nice basics covered in terms of, you know, essential gear. I would suggest, I mean, yeah, the, the armory guy, he's great to go to for a plot, but on a rate on uh, going from a person uh, on what I know of just today, most patrol units have their sidearm. They also have a backup weapon usually in the form of like a shotgun or something like that. However, most deal with certain other threats. They also have either access to some kind of uh, rifle or a carbine or something like that. 
So I would just suggest maybe picking two weapons that, you know, maybe for those of us who are inclined to do have, do so, have those readily available in like the trunk of whatever vehicles we use, maybe with some uh, a, a higher rating armor jacket or something like that we could throw on for emergencies when the stuff really hits the fan. You know, it doesn't have to be anything insane. I mean, we can go with, say, like uh, a Mossberg CMD for, uh, for the shotgun and maybe just something like uh, a, a basic uh, assault rifle or something like that. Not an alpha, because I don't think we need to be running around with grenade launchers per se, but maybe something along an analog to, like, say, an AK-97 or, or well, something better than an M23. I mean, there's a, there's ton of stuff out there. And I would also recommend for, uh, for Courtney to maybe have assigned to her a either a sniper, a dedicated sniper rifle, or a uh, or at least an EBR, like say a Crockett or something along those lines that she always that has. That would be that would be awesome to have that assigned to me because those things are so ungodly yeah. expensive. Yeah, because just trying to uh, just my first run through this in Hero Lab, trying to you know balance everything with the character idea and you we don't have a whole lot of money for it i think the only weapon i actually bought was a backup pistol and that was a cold agent special so rob rob what are you doing i i so i just built a character where it's a dwarf can carry a medium machine gun as her personal sidearm well no i you should see the amount <laughs> of cyber i got loaded in you know that's where all my money went Okay, yeah, the way I, I figure that is, like, your other weapons are going to be probably customized to some degree. Yeah. Um, so I figure you should probably just buy those out of your starting cash. I mean, you can check out weapons if you need to. If you, like, you you can go to the quartermaster and say, hey, I need to check out a, uh, you know, assault rifle because I'm doing this. Then you can probably get one. But I, I figure uh, the because otherwise, why is there a resources option yeah. on the uh, you know on on the character chart? If you know what I mean. No, I I, I get all that. I, anything that I really wanted is built into the character. That's that's fine. I'm just wondering. Well, I think we'll have fun uh, scrounging up to figuring out all of the cool extra stuff we want. I guess I'm curious as to as to how we're going to go about uh, requisitioning gear. Is it going to be similar to the die rolls with availabilities, or what's uh, what's the deal with that? Good question. I'll probably go with the idea of um, some sort of a die roll involving the availabilities, or maybe a flat number that you can get up to without any difficulty, and then after that you'd have to make a certain roll. Um, I guess I don't have the details figured out on, the, on that count yet, but I will okay. before we play next. Cool. Yeah, that could represent like stuff that the department has on hand versus stuff that they have to special request. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I figure Lone Star is pretty free with stuff if you like just show up and like, hey, I need an assault rifle this afternoon. I'm going into this neighborhood. Okay, here you go. Well, but if it comes down to like, hey, um, I need an Aries Thunderstruck. Um, that's going to be a lot different. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I was also suggesting, you know, maybe just one or two on hand in like some of our vehicles, because, you know, if we just happen to go out with, you know, it, it's one thing to kind of just go out and know we're getting into stuff like we're going on an actual raid 
or we're serving a warrant or something like that. But if we're just, you know, we come across something, officer in distress, you want to have at least something right there in your vehicle you can just grab at a moment's notice. I'm not saying deck everybody out. I'm just saying maybe, you know, if our vehicle ends up being, you know, the rigger's van, for lack of a better term, just maybe having a couple extra things in the, you know, in the, in the trunk where we could just sort of open it up, grab it, and go. It's kind of like how after the, uh, what was it, the Hollywood bank robbery, yeah, they started exactly. putting rifles Hollywood in everybody's car? Exactly. That, and that's most law enforcement officers, now, officers nowadays, you know, they don't, they have more than just their sidearm. They, that's why they have the shotguns and sometimes the carbines. In the, and that's becoming like standard nowadays. So, you know, just, just an idea to toss out there. I mean, yeah, we can each have our own little custom stuff. Because that's you know what you know because that's what we like, and it's not unheard of for a department for officers to sometimes buy some of their own stuff and and go to their superiors and say, hey, I want to carry this with me. Reasons, I'm gonna go qualify with it, and they sign off on it and everything as long as all the legalese is signed. You know that's all fine too. You know that because that way you get. Some officers will have things like, you know, the special grips or some of them have the red dot sights or the whatever, you know, little tricks and things they want to put on their weapons. So, I mean, just an idea. It's just something thrown out there that just might, you know, help in the long run. Yeah, like I said, I get where you're coming from, but uh, I figured that that's going to fall within any weapons other than the sort of list that I already came with is going to be, you know, some that would come out of your... Uh, your character resources. Okay. Right. It's easy enough for you guys to get other weapons, and I figure hey, most patrol cars are going to have something in there, like a shotgun in the trunk. Yeah, just because. Yeah, just know exactly. Would be uh, okay for you to kind of give us a, you know, kind of make a ruling on, you know, what shotgun that would be. You know, it would be a like a Mossberg CMD or a Remington 990 or you know whatever. Actually, yeah, me... I'll probably work up uh, something where, like, uh, you know, what what loadout is in the standard patrol car. So if yeah. you guys are near or have a patrol car, that's what you have access to grab. Probably some, like, higher-grade comlink. Uh, no, not comlink. I mean, a uh, medkit. Uh, more restraints and, uh, you know, a couple bigger weapons. And just in case you run into a giant, cybered up, heavily armored troll, a single light pistol loaded with uh, capsule rounds with uh, uh, Narcojet loaded into Absolutely. Works <laughs> well. No, that, in that case, I'm hitting him with the car. <laughs> I just like the idea of, you know, pulling out the little tiny pistol for the giant troll. Well, there's also the, uh, the squirt weapons and stuff like that, too. That's always fun. Yeah, but Plus those are all exotic weapons. The light pistol with capsule rounds is usable with the standard issue pistol skill. Or if you want, or here's also the other thing: you've got the you know case in point, the Remington 990, which is basically a standard pump action shotgun. You pull the uh, pump the action back, open chamber, and you just drop around right in there, and boom, you're good to go. And you could switch out beanbag rounds, less than lethal rounds, whatever you know, type of stuff. That's why those. That's why shotguns are still real popular in law enforcement because it gives you a little something extra than the lethal option. And all you got to do is just you know pop around and pop a new one in. Something to think about. Cool. So the tank character I built three uh, cyber limbs. 
They all have cyber shotguns in them. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Ick. Well, which loadout do I want, you know? <laughs> Why not four? I only just today realized that having a cyber limb gives you an extra box on your physical condition track. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh no, cyber limbs, they're scary. You can get right off two points of armor for each one that you have. And then you do them custom to give it extra strength. Uh, and then at some point, it's actually really cheap later to enhance them with more armor. Yikes. Yeah. That's, why, that's why Tiny was so tankish. Yep. That's scary. Yeah, there's lots of ways to hurt people that don't let armor get in the way. <laughs> or otherwise annoy them. Like like, like the fear power. <laughs> oh, jeez. No, if we see any trolls, I'm just going to tell the mine man to take care of them. You work with mines. That's a troll. It doesn't have one. Kill it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but that's our CI. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I forgot to ask, what do we have here for races? It can't possibly have any good information. Kill it. <laughs> so we've got uh, half-elves, right? Yeah, looks half like elves. it. And then uh, Mr. Got, Garrett. I'm a human. Uh, Maxwell. I believe I'm human. And uh, Judah. I'm a human, I'm a human. There right, we so go. half-humans, half-elves. Tony Chavez is a half is a human looking elf. <laughs> you bridge the gap among us. Well, that's what got Maddie so mad. <laughs> <laughs> she was okay until she saw my personnel file, which she got access when I joined the task force. Nice. Oh my god. I know just how to get back at him. I'm putting him in charge. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you know, the charisma is still there, so... How you doing? <laughs> well, fun times. Well, cool. Well, Tony is too pretty to hit. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you went there. You went there. Nice. That's awesome. That is. Oh, you can use your charisma instead of willpower for defense rolls. Mm -hmm. Heck, yeah. yeah. I took... Uh, uh, Agile Defender. I think that what works. works. Oh, oh, that would have worked, too. Hmm. Yeah, Damn it's a five for me. So, hell yeah, that's what I'm taking. It would have been the same. <laughs> All right, everyone. I think I'm going to call it tonight, then, and uh, we'll get together uh, same time and day in two weeks. Sweet. All right, see you guys then. Awesome. Sounds, good. Sounds good. Good night, all. all right. Good night. Good night, everybody. The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Arcology Podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Arcology Podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. All other works mentioned in this podcast are the property of the respective owners. 
Original content of the Arcology Podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported license. So if you use any part of the show, please give us 